Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Intelligent Technologies, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because you know why this is where the best run. Let's look at the opening buzz quote. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. I found something interesting on sloanreview.mit.edu. Let's see what they have to say, and this will set us up. Quote, in coming years, the most intelligent organizations will need to blend technology-enabled insights with a sophisticated understanding of human judgment, reasoning, and choice, unquote. That says a lot. So we've got most intelligent organizations, and we're talking about the intelligent enterprise, but we're speaking to our global audience today about what makes your company, your business, your organization, what makes it intelligent. It's not just enough to say, we've got smart leaders. There's so much more involved. Let's break it down a little bit. Technology-enabled insights. We've got tech in there. That's right. Can't do it without good, smart technology today. And I love the part about sophisticated understanding of human judgment. Using technology, that's interesting. Reasoning and choice. So we've got the human element, we've got the tech element. So let's do a reality check. Digital disruption. Come on, you all know it's happening. If you're hiding under a rock somewhere, come on out. Join the real world. Digital disruption and the need for innovation are impacting every industry, every company, every line of business. And that means you, whoever you are, where you are. So the question on the table is, are you ready to make the digitalization leap, and I love that word because it's so hard to pronounce, to make the digitalization leap to become a strong, intelligent enterprise. You need a digital backbone. You need to know where you're going, what you're doing, who your people are, how to use technology, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Our topic formally is jumping to intelligent technologies. How high is the hurdle? I am Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to our show. And I have two special guests on the panel. We had a third, but he was unable to join us, and I'll mention him in a moment. I'll tell you who my present and accounted for panelists are. We have Tim Yates. He is the founder of Data Extreme. If you want to look him up, Yates is Y-A-T-E-S, and Data Extreme is D-A-T-A with a capital X and then the word stream, S-T-R-E-A-M. He's joining us. And the second panelist, Ed. Tim has been on before. We have a newcomer. It's Craig Stasila, S-T-A-S-I-L-A. He is a platform innovation executive at SAP. And the gentleman who's not able to join us, but we will be using some of his content, is Richard Lagrange, or Lagrange, Senior Manager within the Tax Technology Group at DMA. That's Ducharme, McMillan, and Associates. So, Richard, you're in our thoughts today, and we wish you were with us. So let's go around the table and see what Tim Yates has sent us for his opening quote. It's from George Washington. Oh, my. One of the founding fathers of the U.S., our first president. He lived from 1732 to 1799. And, oh, I'm hearing a lot of noise in the background here, a lot of noise. So we're going to see if we can quiet down what's happening in the back, people talking and things moving. Uh, and, uh, Aaron, you could delete that from, from the recording. Tim Yates has sent us the following quote from George Washington. Quote, we should not look back 
unless it is to derive useful lessons from past errors and for the purpose of profiting by dearly bought experience. Tim Yates, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Th- thank you for joining me. Talk to me about this quote. Uh, I'm great, great quote. So, so, yep. um, so uh, I picked George Washington. Um, I was actually interested in uh, finding a quote from Alexander Ham- Hamilton that fit this because I've been doing a lot of reading on him. But I've also been reading on George Washington. And um, what I what I what I liked about this statement George Washington had made is that I see customers spending too much time looking back at what they've done. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at their lessons from the past, but they're forgetting about looking forward uh, too often. And so I think it's important to be looking back, but only to look at those errors of the past and not to get stuck in it. So that's why I picked this quote for today's topic. Very interesting. Let's go a little bit deeper, Tim, if you don't mind. Let's talk about all of the the meat on the bones, if you will, of the quote I used to open from Sloan Review at MIT.edu in terms of most intelligent organizations. Now, the most intelligent implies that there are different levels of intelligence. So can you take that quote and break it down a little bit about useful lessons from the past, dearly bought experience, and companies, their motivation to embrace digital disruption, to find the right intelligent technologies to move forward? How would you apply that? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that struck me in that quote uh, that you opened with uh, was we were looking at uh, how, it inter- how technology interacts with humans and actually human insight. And to me, I think it's important that, uh, you know, intelligent enterprises uh, are not going to go from start to finish overnight, uh, including understanding how technology can interpret um, a person's intentions, interactions, or or kind of uh, patterns, like what they're going to do next from a business perspective. So that's where I think that's an interesting quote, because I think it's a journey uh, in the intelligent enterprise to get to that finish line where a system can have that good insight mm-hmm. um, and be able to really predict what a, uh, a customer uh, uh, of a business is going to do. And that's where I think a blending of uh, actually having humans on the intelligent enterprise side also interacting um, to kind of provide that insider intuition is, is critical. So I think, you know, as we're on this journey, there's a balancing act of going all digital enterprise and trying to have a computer make decisions and help, um, let's say, drive your business uh, versus a blend or a hybrid where computers and people are working together to be more successful at generating business. And, and I think that quote, that's the thing that really stuck out from that initial quote that you opened. And I think, you know, the content I prepared for the show uh, mm-hmm. kind of leans in that direction and that the digital enterprise and the technologies uh, still have people implementing them and interacting with them. And those two things together are, uh, you know, figuring out the correct balance and connection between all of them to be successful is, is critical. Uh, I'll add one other thing. I think that the idea of a business, uh, all businesses need to be looking at uh, driving innovation and and leveraging these technologies because uh, there's too many out there that are still complacent 
with the technology they have. And I think uh, too many are looking back at what they have and not enough looking forward, um, you know, to the future. Thank you, Tim. Very interesting. I want to ask you one more question about my opening quote, since we both seem to like it so much. Sophisticated understanding of human judgment, reasoning, and choice. Now, I I have a couple of things I loved about that quote. One is the most intelligent organization, meaning that hierarchy of success. The other one is sophisticated understanding, not just an understanding. So they need to have some... Will technology help through analytics, through predictive machine learning, through harnessing AI, through the massive data, the tsunami of data, if you will, coming in through AI sensors, through deep learning? Will this enable the people who are really tuned into this, really embracing it, to have that sophisticated understanding of the human side of the equation. What's your thought, Tim? Absolutely, I, and and that's where I think it's it's a uh, it's a journey to get there. Um, I think it will take time to figure out that sophisticated understanding. Uh, essentially, you know, if you were to kind of rephrase that. Uh, it's about building intuition into machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in a sales process, if you have two people interacting, um, the salesman is using his own gut feel, his own reads of data coming from the interaction with the, the user. But there's also that kind of thing where the data says one thing, but your your gut's telling you something else, and you go with your gut. Um, I think that's going to be the tricky part um, in in you know, getting that sophisticated understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not all salespeople are alike. Um, some have that intuition and some don't. And I think it's kind of interesting to be talking about having a technology be able to get to that level of sophistication. I do think that organizations embracing uh, the digital, digital technologies and uh, using it to augment the process Um, the ones that are smart about it are going to be the ones that are successful. Thank you very much. Great insights. I appreciate it. I'm sorry to keep you so long, but I really wanted to dive into that because I know you like the quote. He is waiting so patiently for me to introduce him, Craig Stassel at SAP. And Craig has sent a quote. Craig, this was quite a challenge. I'm, I'm very excited by this quote because we have never had a quote from Jeff Rosenstock. Let me read a little background for our listeners. Jeff Rosenstock is an American musician and songwriter from Long Island, New York. That's where I come from. He was the lead singer of the ska punk band I, I can't even say the name of the band on the radio because this is I'm just not going to say it Craig but everybody the arrogant SOBs I'll say that way the music collective bombed the music industry and the indie rock band Kudro and then he began a solo career he did some mixtapes uh, all kinds of interesting stuff he founded an independent record label which is probably not easy to do today called quote unquote records and he puts out all of his records for free he has a DIY do-it-yourself ideology so here is the quote and Craig is going to relate it to our topic quote perfect always takes so long because it don't exist. Craig Stassler, how did you find this quote? Are you a follower of Jeff Rosenstock? And welcome. Yeah, uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. And yes, I am definitely a follower and a fan of Jeff Rosenstock. And it's not just the music. It's really his his ethos, that, 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 that DIY 
ethic that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's really pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. And that quote really encapsulates so much of what I like about the DIY ethic, which is perfect always takes so long because it don't exist. And if you are striving for perfection, if you are striving to never make an error, you'll never get there, right? And as you are doing that, or or as you are striving for that perfection, time will pass you by, right? And so often when I'm out talking with companies and, uh, you know, trying to figure out what is best or how to take advantage of all of this intelligent enterprise technology that mm-hmm. is, is kind of flooding the market right now, there's almost uh, a sense of analysis paralysis where, yeah. you know, I, everybody is looking to see where the market is going, uh, what the next trends are going to be, and what they really should be doing, just getting out there and start doing, right? Start building the, the, the you know, the intelligent workflow, right? Or start building, you know, the intelligent applications and, and you know, start doing these predictive algorithms, start implementing uh, AI, right? There's no time like the present to start because if you wait until everything is perfect, things will have passed you by and you, you will be, you know, at the tail end of things. And, and that's not where, you know, anybody really wants to be. Very interesting. Just do it. Do you think a lot of companies are sitting on the shelf? Uh, excuse me, Craig. Big companies, medium companies, start. Well, startups probably not. They're the they're the go getters. But do you think that companies are saying, I don't know, digital disruption? We have to invest in new tech. We have these legacy systems. All this money. All this training. Our ID, RT department is doing such a good job. And ah, eh, digital schmigital. So it's happening. And and we'll just stay the course and figure it out and focus on the human knowledge we have and all the great people. Is anybody still saying that, Craig? And should they get out from under that rock? What do you think? There are pockets, and mm-hmm. it's not really related to a size of industry. I have not, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to literally hundreds of, of companies a year in, in, my, in my role at SAP. So it's not, there's not a, a specific size of company. There's not a specific mm-hmm. industry. There, it really comes down to the leadership at an organization and whether that leadership truly understands what digitalization is and mm-hmm. then really understands at a very, very deep level, right, uh, what digitalization means for their specific industry. And there's a lot of, a lot of customers or a lot of, a lot of companies that are out there that are kind of struggling with that and they don't quite understand. And they're going back to what Tim was saying, they're they're looking backwards, right? And to a certain extent, they're focusing on things like operational excellence, Mm -hmm. you know, building building a better business process. And I'm not saying that those areas to improve upon are not warranted or not valuable or not going to drive a, a better bottom line. But you're definitely going to be losing the forest for the trees and your lunch is going to get eaten by your competition that is looking forward, right? Um, you know, just this past week, Sears announced that it's going bankrupt. Yes. And that is almost a microcosm of, 
uh, of, you know, being either you're disrupting or you're getting disrupted. And, you know, a hundred years ago, Sears was the big disruptor. And they went out and they expanded it with their catalog industry. And then after that, they went to, you know, build brick and mortar stores and that was successful. Then the next innovation was the, the shopping center and the shopping mall. And they're able to ride that. But, you know, at some point their luck ran out, their business acumen ran out and they were not able to stay in front of the competition. And that's where companies like Amazon and, and Walmart, who actually did successfully make that transition yes. in Target, right? Those are the companies that you know, had that knowledge, had that foresight, and were able to take advantage of the last big disruption. This intelligent enterprise and taking advantage of this massive amount of data and doing it intelligently is really going to be that next disruption. So if you are continuing to look backwards at how to improve your supply chain, again, that might be great for today, but if you don't have a plan of how to move forward, you're going to get past. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Um, great, great insights from you and Tim. And uh, I did want to do a shout out again. Let me just pull up the quote. Richard LaGrange, who was unable to join us, had has a quote he picked up from Einstein that when he was planning to be on the show. And I just want to read it because I think it works very nicely with what Tim Yates at Data Extreme and Craig Stassel at SAP just said. The quote from Einstein is, no problem can be solved with the same kind of thinking that created it. Let me just get each of you to react to that. Agree or disagree? I think it works perfectly with what we're talking about. Tim Yates, what do you think of that quote? Uh, uh, it ties into exactly what I'm thinking uh, in 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 the topic, and that is um, there are too many customers that are entrenched in their current operational um, configuration. They're, they, they've learned the technologies they're using. They've, they've mastered them. And when they're solving problems, they're going back to that same toolbox and saying, let me solve these problems with this toolbox. And yet there's this whole new set of tools out there that um, you know, so that 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 in in reality they're a little challenging because they're new, um, they're different, and they take effort to to learn. But once you embrace them and understand the value they bring by adding them to your collection of tools, uh, they can really accelerate what you can do and change how you look at solving problems. And so I I feel like it, it's a perfect quote because too often. Um, we're stuck in a rut trying to solve the, our business problems with the tools we have, and we forget to go look at all the new ones that are out there that make solving problems easier or, or give us new opportunities to solve them in a different way. Thank you. Very well put. Craig Stassel, I'd love to get your thoughts on the Einstein quote. What do you think? I completely agree with that quote as well. It actually reminds me of a misattributed Einstein quote that mm-hmm. I see very frequently, which is uh, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Yep. Uh, but I believe that that is the actual uh, correct quote that uh, Richard found. So that was that was great to see, uh, or hear, I should say. And uh, again, yeah, I completely agree with, with that quote and what Tim said. And Again, tying it back to uh, the quote that I had, right? It's if you continue to wait until you 
fully understand this new technology before you start to implement it, number one, you'll never learn it. And number two, uh, time will pass you by, right? So it's not only taking advantage of this new technology, getting new tooling, but it's applying it and doing it in a very you know, rapid and, and quick and agile type of fashion. And so when you look at those tools, it's not only the technology, right? You also have to look at the tools as the way that they are applied, the methodologies. And so many times, uh, the, you know, a lot of the companies that I'm talking to are looking at just the technology, but it's not. Just, it can't be handled by just the technology. It's the technology plus the way that that technology is applied that really mm-hmm. is going to help you achieve the intelligent enterprise. Thank you very much, and I, I very much appreciated what you said, Craig, that very often the Einstein quotes are misattributed. Actually, this one came into me a little bit differently, but it was uh, with the same thinking that I, I had to do a little correction, the same kind of thinking. There were, there were a couple of versions out there, but I researched it. So thank you for that. Tim Yates, let's go around the table. It's a small table today, but packed with a lot of intelligence about intelligent technologies. Tim Yates, three questions. You know what they are. Number one, where in the world are you today? Number two, What's your favorite drink that powers you and makes you think so smartly about all of this intelligent technology information we're talking about today? And number three, give us an update on what's happening at Data Extreme. Tim, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm sorry, I lost the first question. What was the first First question? First question is where are you? Where where in the world are you today? What's your location? I think those are two. (laughs) <laughs> you think those are three simple questions that I could keep track of, but uh, I was uh, worried about question three and I lost question one. So, I am <laughs> where are in, you? Uh, Wims- I am in Williamsburg, Virginia, the seat of uh, government for the Virginia colony uh, and uh, George Washington's home state. Okay, and- nice to know. Number two, what do you love to drink? I'll I'll go through the questions one by one. I'll do the same for Craig. Go ahead, my fault. <laughs> Make it simple for me, yes. Let me I will. I will. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with, uh, so last time I went with the beer, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, James City Export from Billsburg Brewery. Um, I actually just picked up a keg of it last night after work, and it is a traditional German lager. And uh, I, I've spent a lot of time in Europe, and I really like uh, European beers, and uh, it's one of my favorites in the area. Is this Billsburg? And you then, said Bill, Billsburg Brewery, B-I-L-L-S-B-U-R-G? Billsburg, yep, Billsburg Brewery. Found at Jamestown Road in Williamsburg, Virginia, and there's a, a TripAdvisor has an all you need to know about it, and I, they have a Facebook page, and they have a website. Let me take, oh, Wait a minute, Tim. They want to know if I'm 21 years or older to go into the website. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, I'm going to click uh, yes. Okay. Uncompromising that's, quality. That's, it, that's it. Uncompromising quality is at the root of all we do. What a great slogan. It could apply to any business, right? Uncompromising quality is at the root of all we do. Very interesting. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. So what's new at Data Extreme? So we, uh, we're actually working on taking um, a product that's been in the market for over 12 years, and we have dozens of customers on it, and uh, there's a team cranking away in our boardroom today 
that's uh, working on moving it into the cloud and leveraging all the latest and greatest technologies. So it's kind of a fun week. I'm getting to do the radio show, and uh, in between that, I'm uh, I'm working with the team on uh, building it, moving this older technology from the past into the future. There you go. Thank you. How appropriate for our conversation. Thank you, Tim. Craig Stassel, you're on Newcomer Today. Where are you? I'll go one by one. Craig, where are you? One by one. All right. I am in <laughs> today, sunny, beautiful, early fall, Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. I don't think we've, I don't know if we've ever had anybody in Indianapolis on this radio show in seven years. I think well, that's a I'm first. I'm glad to be the first, and I will <laughs> also be glad to be the second whenever that comes up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and what's your favorite drink that powers you? I can hear you smiling when you speak, Craig. I hear the energy. So what's the drink that's powering you? And it might not be what you have right now, but give me, give me a clue. Well, the, the drink that is powering me right now is a, a pina colada because – just yesterday, I got back from a cruise in the Caribbean uh, for a week with my family during our kids' fall break. So that is what is powering me right now because I'm still on that vacation high. Uh, even though I just came off vacation and I have in the inbox hundreds of emails deep, uh, you know, I, I do have that smile on my face because I can still think of that tasty uh, pina colada that I had at Beachside just a few days ago. How nice, how lovely. Those of you in the listening audience who don't know what it is, a pina colada is a sweet cocktail made with rum, coconut cream or coconut milk, and pineapple juice, usually served blended or shaken with ice. What was the garnish they had on the cruise? Was it a pineapple wedge, a cherry, both, or a little umbrella? What did they put on the pina colada? Since it was a cruise and everything was over the top, it was all of it. It was the umbrella, ah. it was the cherry, it was the pineapple, so it was all in there. Glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear it was a it was a really exciting and sophisticated cruise. Now, tell me what your role is, Platform Innovation Executive. What do you do and how does, without doing anything on the advertising side, how does intelligent technologies, how do they play into what you do, Craig? Sure. So as a platform innovation executive, I work with uh, my strategic customers in mapping out how to take all of this intelligent technology that we're talking about and apply it to their industry. And that means, again, looking at the technology that I was talking about, but then also helping them figure out from a business process perspective the best way to tackle these problems and then aligning the correct resources either at SAP or through our partner community, uh, or sometimes it's at the customer site itself, uh, to realize the, the vision that our customers have. Thank you very much. And I have to say for both of you, Tim may remember this. Craig doesn't know me at all. They don't allow me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, Craig. So all I'm allowed to have is water. So I have cool, clear water here in my cool, clear mug. I relocated from Long Island, New York to Durham, North Carolina a little over one year ago. Sitting here looking at, let's see, I have a green straw today because everything is still green, even though we are starting to see a little bit of the fall leaves. Temperature has been, we had a brutally Brutally hot summer here, mid to high 90s almost every day for weeks. Plants just, just watching the garden lay over and say, oh, 
kill me now. I can't deal with this. No matter how much you watered everything, just just lay down and burned. But anyway, uh, everything is green right now, and we've been seeing temperatures in the high 40s at night the past couple of days, which is a shock to the plants now after recovering from the summer heat. And now we're in the mid-60s today, so it's not too bad. It's a little bit gray. I don't know. Alexa promised me we would have rain at 9.01, and she missed the target today, so I don't know when we're going to get it. But that's I, I don't rely on her for weather at all, just, just for the temperature and for good music. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're going to take a quick 90-second break. It's half past. We have a lot more to talk about. Speaking to Today with Tim Yates at Data Extreme, D A T A X S T R E A M, spell it out, and Craig Stasela at SAP. Our topic is jumping to intelligent technologies. How high is the hurdle? We've already been exploring it through our opening quotes. We talked about a quote from George Washington about profiting from experience in the past, and a great quote from Jeff Rosenstock on perfect don't exist. So we will use those as a jumping off point when we come back in about 90 seconds. I will open the roundtable formally with some speaking notes from Tim Yates. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Aaron out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The digital world is moving faster than ever. The future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated, ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, including more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and demand for innovation to help the world run better and improve people's lives. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how moving to the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Changing the game with intelligent technologies is presented by S. SAP. Visit SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Intelligent Technologies, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with intelligent technologies. And I was just thinking, the title of our series, Changing the Game with Intelligent Technologies, is exactly right because that's what they're doing. I'm here today with two very special, very smart panelists, Tim Yates at Data Extreme, spell stream all the way out, and Craig Stassel at SAP. We have to do a shout out to our series sponsor who put this panel together, Pamela Dunn. I know she's listening, Pam. Really interesting topic. I like it a lot. And the topic formally is jumping to intelligent technologies. How high is the hurdle, and we're about to continue to find out. So here's what Tim Yates told me before the show, and then he'll talk for about two and a half minutes, and we'll see what Craig Stassler has to say. Tim says, intelligent technologies need a solid foundation of business processes, master data, and transactional data. Tim, 
I'm turning it over to you. Talk to me. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things I see working with customers is uh, as they start evaluating these intelligent technologies and how they work, um, they start to worry about that, the foundation that they're built on, um, their current systems, the current data they're using. So they start looking at their business processes, their master data and transactional data, and they start looking at all the problems and weaknesses with these things. And I think it goes back to kind of Craig's quote that, Perfect's not possible, um, mm-hmm. to paraphrase it. Uh, and it, it, it is an impossible dream to get everything perfect. But quite often, um, as customers are looking at these technologies and looking at all the things that are, is possibly wrong with, with the, the, the foundation they're working with, they use that as an excuse not to start. And uh, to me, I think that's a huge mistake because um, every journey starts with the first step. And um, <clears throat> whether it's a perfectly smooth road or a rocky road, um, you, you still need to get moving and you still need to be embracing these technologies. Um, and, and in my mind, everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. And so it's important to say, okay, where are my strengths? Where do these technologies tie into my strengths, and how can I start to make progress with with uh, innovation in my areas where I have solid foundation and where these technologies will bring me, um, you know, additional value to my business and and allow me to sell more or make less scrap or engage my customer better or or give me. Um, uh, a better outcome in in my business. I think you know foundation repair is out there, and customers need to be thinking about it because there are areas where potentially digital technologies would would give them a big boost, uh, and the foundation's not strong enough. But like not starting because not ev- everything's not perfect is is um, is is kind of a, a missed opportunity, and I think Craig hit on it a, a number of times that you know, at some point you got to get started and you got to start mastering these technologies. And really, what I think it ties into is um, these technologies are disrupting business models. Uh, you know, customers that are entrenched in a technology platform already uh, are are tend to be looking backward and stuck in that that old way of doing things mm-hmm. and uh, newer companies that let's say are on extremely old systems or legacy systems that are looking at all the new technology are less encumbered by that history because they know what they're on is is dead and they need to move forward and so they embrace these new technologies quicker and so potentially some of these guys that are late to the game that jump in now uh, with these new intelligent technologies and replatforming their whole business I uh, don't have so many uh, barriers to overcome uh, because they're they're stuck in the past, and no business is immune to this. Um, you know, every business can be disrupted. Uh, I I continuously look at my own business and say, where am I going to get disrupted, and how do I not get disrupted um, going forward? So I I think it's critical. Um, you know. The call to action for businesses is you need to get started on this, uh, even if it's small steps initially. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Craig, I'd love to have you chime in on this. Agree or disagree, uh, the business models are being disrupted by intelligent technologies every day. Get started. Focus on your strengths. What do you think, Craig Sassala? 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And starting from, you know, a point of, you know, having that platform where you have your master data and your transactional data, mm-hmm. there are many organizations out there that have, we'll say, a, a heterogeneous system of multitudes of, of platforms, multitudes of siloed data, multitudes of business systems, and um, actually a customer that I was at uh, earlier, I guess, yeah, earlier this year, uh, likened it to, you know, replacing every part on an airplane while the airplane is flying, right? Yeah. Uh, Because what you are not able to do is stop everything and replatform, right? So, as as everything you know your your business continues to have to transact it has to be responsive to your customers or your customers customers you have to be responsive as an IT organization to the business as a whole and at no point are you going to be able to say all right let's stop and and replatform and and make everything perfect right and if you look at where a lot of the disruption is coming from in, in Bonnie, you mentioned this earlier with startups, right? The startups don't need to be doing this because they're just starting up. They don't have that legacy. They don't have that backlog. They don't have, you know, the fact that they may have grown through acquisition. It's not until a company starts doing those things that the backlog and the momentum of, you know, the, the institutional past really starts to make being nimble and agile a challenge, right? So if you look back at, at, at the, the the title of this episode, you know, how high is that jump to an intelligent enterprise? It's not going to be the same height for for every organization, right? For, for maybe a more nimble organization, uh, that height isn't going to be nearly as high as for those that, uh, you know, have, 17 different backend systems and need to maybe first before they can uh, really, you know, start to take advantage of all of this intelligent enterprise, look at getting a consistent unified uh, platform, you know, so that that's a trade-off. And again, you know, going back to that, that quote of perfect don't exist, you, you got to start somewhere and you can't necessarily put all your eggs in the, hey, let's replatform basket, just like you can't put all your eggs in the Let's focus on all of this intelligent technology basket. You, you, you have to do both in order to, you know, really transform your organization. Thank you very much. Great insights. I, I want to give a compliment to our two panelists, Tim Yates and Craig Stasla. I love the way the two of you are referencing back and forth to not only what you're saying on the show, but your opening quotes and thoughts that have been exchanged. That's very powerful for our audience to hear that kind of working together. So I just wanted to say well done, the two of you. Let's take a look at, Craig, your notes here. Let's see. Um, let's see, let's see, hey, let's Bonnie, see. Can I, can yeah, I get sure. a comment on Craig's statement? I would love for you to do that. Go ahead, Tim, while I'm searching. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so I absolutely love that analogy of uh, replacing all the parts on an airplane while it's flying because it's yeah. so true for all the mm-hmm. businesses that are out there. But I think you can expand that, and, and this is a mistake I see commonly being made when it comes to like uh, trying to bring in a new technology into an organization, and that is... You can't 
your your current your pilot's flying the plane, so he can't also be the mechanic going back and swapping the motor out while it's in flight. And often companies say, well, this is my team, and I want to do all this new digital technology stuff, and they want the pilot to do it. And to, to me, it's a perfect analogy because it's impossible for the pilot to fly the plane unless he has intelligent technologies flying it for him, per se, but it's impossible for him to go back and make repairs and fly the plane at the same time himself. So it, it, I think it's a great analogy, and I, I think you can expand it further to, to, to be a call to organizations to think about, hey, when adopting these things, um, you need to be thinking about giving your team the right uh, horsepower and resources in order to be successful with them. Thank you, Tim. Great comments. I'm glad you jumped in there. You're, you're always welcome to do that. Craig, I'm looking at your notes here, and we're talking about the people involved. We're talking about legacy. We're talking about the opportunities for smaller, younger companies not to have all that legacy stuff sitting around that they need to do something about. I'm looking at your last notes you sent to me, Craig, the last statement that came, I think, yesterday. You say, gone to the days of proprietary systems controlled by a cabal, what a great word, of highly paid experts. Intelligent technologies are open and rapidly changing. Technologists realizing this must stay ahead of the tech in order to stay relevant. So let's talk about that. Are companies still using those quote-unquote highly paid experts? Are they consultants? Are they analysts? Are they, I don't know, AI assistants? Who are they? Is this going to be a downfall or can this be harnessed for sophisticated understanding if done right? Craig? It definitely needs to be harnessed correctly if, if you're going to do it right. Going all the way back to your opening statement where you're talking about the, the companies that are most, most well positioned to take advantage of this, and, and marrying that up with what Tim just said, the companies that are doing that are, are actually, the companies that are most well positioned to take advantage of intelligent enterprises are the ones that are separating the the agile, innovative, leading edge uh, technologists from the ones that are, we'll say, making the business run, and they are doing this not only in a a, a different team, right? They're having a different team back there, but they have that that team also works in a very different way, right? They're probably working on different technologies. Again, open source technologies. I was talking about that, uh, and and they have to be very responsive to the the business. They have to be responsive to industry trends. They have to be responsive to uh, new technology innovations. And being able to be responsive requires very fast and, and agile work streams and, and, and ways that you are engaging with the rest of your team members and engaging with the rest of the company, right? And the, the companies that I'm seeing that are best positioned to take advantage of this have maybe even up at the C-level or at executive sponsorship level have identified a separate organization that is leading on this intelligent enterprise front. Now, does that mean that the, the intelligent enterprise technologists and we'll say the, the, the more core platform technologists, you know, are, are adversaries? No. Mm-hmm. They all have the shared common goal 
uh, for for that company, right? To to give the best the, their customers the best experience, right? To uh, increase you know the bottom line and to decrease costs, and all of those need to be working together so that that we'll say cabal of uh, highly paid experts are still going to be needed, but they also now have one more stakeholder that's part of the, their team. And that, that is going to be those intelligent, uh, you know, technologists who need to have access to the, the data that is being generated by these systems, need to have access to that master data, that transactional data. Uh, mm-hmm. for reporting, for that machine learning algorithm, uh, for the AI uh, algorithm that they're going to be putting together. So they'll need access to that. But then they also need access to the, we'll say the APIs or, or the way that that business still runs because we can't throw away uh, the way that the business has historically transacted. So that is still going to be there. So we need to expose all of that almost legacy technology to the new ways of doing business and the new ways of integrating with the intelligent enterprise. So these highly paid experts are still needed, but they also Mm -hmm. need to upskill themselves to get in a position to be able to have conversations with the intelligent uh, technologists or the intelligent enterprise technologists so that they can be reading from the same songbook uh, and, and having a shared goal and understanding what it takes to implement all of these new technologies in, in a way that makes sense for the organization. Thank you very much. You said a lot. I'd love to get Tim Yates to respond. Tim, what do you think about these highly paid? Are they have a, they have a place or are they going to be able to sink or swim with the jumping high and the hurdle of intelligent technologies? Are they ready? I I think it's going to be uh, I, I think over time what we're going to see is that there'll be less reliance on um, highly paid resources for implementing these technologies. That the technologies will become more and more usable and consumable. I mean, it, it it's happened. You know, it, it it's not like this is something new. If you look at where we were 20 years ago with the RP technology and what it took to do something, and you look at what it takes to do today, what it takes to do the same thing today, it's leaps and hurdles. So, you know, I had made mention earlier that we were working on uh, replatforming our connector technology uh, in in new cloud uh, um, configuration. And uh, it took years to develop the original connector and dial it in. And what took us years to build initially uh, is only taken us months to replatform. Now, granted, we have experience, that hard-earned experience that George Washington talks about. So we, we mm-hmm. were able to benefit from the fact that we're looking back and we know what mistakes we've made in the past and we're kind of not going there to start off with. But just the technology layer is is that much faster and therefore... Um, requires, you know, uh, a different set of expertise, but because it's quicker and faster, so maybe not so much, um, maybe the price doesn't go down. You still have expensive resources doing these things, uh, but they do, hmm. they do more uh, with the amount of money you're spending, more efficiently, quicker, faster, better. Um, 
I wanted to come in on two other things. You know, we've had a thread around people and teams, and we've talked about, you know, the pilot can't make the engine repair. Um, at the same time, you know, if you take your tech team and you divide them up and you say you guys are responsible for uh, ongoing operations and you guys are responsible for taking all these whiz-bang, shiny object, new toys, uh, and making a better business with them. There's there's a third component I think that that comes into it, and that's the business part. And I think it it's a three legged stool, and that you got to keep the the operations going from a technology perspective. You need to be looking at new technologies, and then you need the business insight. And all three of those um, pieces make up the stool. And uh, you know, too often. Uh, businesses are either trying to solution with the old technologies because that's what they're used to, the actual business side of an organization. And so they need to be roped in and they need to also be educated on and glued into these new innovation teams while not losing track of, you know, hey, the plane's still in the air. Um, I think that's important. And to tie into one other thread that Craig was talking about, and it, it was around kind of how you do work as an organization. So, you know, the other thing that really has to be adapted in organizations that we had to make this change at, at Data Extreme within our delivery teams is the processes for delivering. So, you know, in a traditional um, delivery environment, you're really thinking about, you know, you build it, you test it, you deliver it, and, and that's got a, a fairly long timeline. And uh, really... Uh, the only way to deliver with intelligent technologies is in an agile configuration. And so you're building, testing, and delivering in not months, but in weeks. And um, many of many of uh, the, you know, existing customers, again, we, we go back to talking about like a new, somebody that's jumping into this new, doesn't have any preconceived notions. So they just go with what's what's obvious to them. So they go agile. Companies that are, not used to this agile way of working really need to be looking at also modifying the processes to enable these teams because you can build the teams, but if you don't put the processes then to support what you're trying to do in place, uh, you're just going to make those teams frustrated. Thank you very much, Tim. I, I We are officially in the part of the show called the Crystal Ball Predictions Round. But I have a question for both of you. We'll keep the predictions tight. But my question is, and I don't think I've asked this on this series, or we have another series, a brand new series that debuted on Mondays on the Influencer Channel called Changing the Game with the Intelligent Enterprise. Slightly different twist, similar topics, obviously. Uh, let me ask Craig Sassler first. Just take 60 seconds each, and then we'll do a quick round of predictions. Craig, are companies going around saying, we want we want you to do business with us. We are an intelligent enterprise. Is anybody actually saying that about themselves? Is this something that's uh, not a well kept secret? But is this something that companies are are yes internally? We are going to become an intelligent enterprise. We are using intelligent technologies, or is it just something that, that they put a banner on? Uh, you know, Bob Smith's uh, burgers, Bob Bob Smith's tennis rackets. We are now an intelligent enterprise. Is this an insider? Comment or is this an outsider comment? Just quickly, Craig first, then Tim. Go ahead. I definitely see it as an insider comment um, okay. because it's all about the, the how the 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 job to be done gets accomplished. As a customer, as as a business partner, as as somebody who interacts with with any company, uh, I don't care how you get it done. Right? I don't care if you have an army of 
you know, people banging away on keyboards behind the scenes or, you know, in hyper-intelligent mice, right? All I care about <laughs> as somebody who is working with you is the outcome, right? But that's what all this intelligent enterprise stuff is about. It's about better outcomes, better focus, okay. better visibility and access and in, in having a more... Uh, a, a better ability to be agile and deliver those outcomes that our business partners and customers are needing and expecting in a timely fashion. Thank you. Very well put. Uh, Tim Yates, quickly, agree or disagree with Craig? What do you think? Inside, outside. I agree. I think I, I think it's an inside focus by business leaders, as Craig has, has uh, highlighted several times in this conversation, that business leaders need to recognize that they need to align their organization for these intelligent technologies. I don't think it's a, a marketing advantage to your customers, mm-hmm. um, but what I think happens is when you're successful with the intelligent technologies, it actually shows in your external visibility or how your customer looks at you. They have better they have better out- business outcomes as a result, and so it ref- it, it it starts on the inside, but it has an a- impact on the outside if it's done correctly. Thank you. Very well put. I'm going to give you each oh, 30 seconds for predictions. I think we've, we've done a lot of predicting already, but the future look ahead on this topic. So, Tim Yates at Data Extreme, please give me 30 seconds. What do you predict will change dramatically, dynamically, whatever, in the next, let's say, five years in terms of intelligent technologies? Go ahead, Tim. So one of the intelligent technologies that I'm really interested in and I think is going to have a big impact is machine learning. Um, I think it's potential to help uh, businesses sell to their customers better. It's important how many of us have been on a website and it's suggesting, uh, you know, you, you bought a, a blue pair of shoes, so buy uh, this baseball bat because they go together. <laughs> um, you know, there's Touché. so much opportunity for using machine learning to really dial in that Hey, what what else would benefit the customer? And I think uh, I think machine learning is the is the thing that's going to really amp that up in the future. Thank you, Craig. I can give you twenty seconds. Fast prediction. Go twenty seconds. All right. Uh, all the technology that we're talking about is going to be commoditized, and the things that are going to differentiate yourself five years from now are technologies we're not talking about today. So if, again, that pace of change is relentless, and if you don't start doing it now, by the time you take it up, it'll pass you by. Thank you very much. Here's my call to action. A shout-out to Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, our engineer extraordinaire. Thank you, Aaron, for keeping us and getting us on the air. And here we go. And a shout-out again to series sponsors, Pamela Dunn and Rasheen Monahan at SAP. Here is finally my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? We've been talking about you can't sit and wait anymore. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Tim Yates at Data Extreme, just like Craig Stasela at SAP. Bonnie DeGram signing off. I'll be back tomorrow with two live shows, 11 a.m. Eastern Business Channel, right here, Coffee Break with Game Changers, talking about tech and the fashion industry. And then at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel, a new episode of Changing the Game with Predictive Machine Learning. You don't want to miss it. Bye-bye.
Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Intelligent Technologies, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.